thank you for joining us on this week's edition of the Comics Pals Reviews. This week, we are here to talk about four of DC's biggest books. That's right. We, we've we excluded Marvel. Marvel's done this week. We're DC uh, we're dudes now. We are the, the DC dudes. DC the Detective dudes. Comics Comics. Pals. <laughs> Pals. Yeah. Uh, we are talking well. Black Manta number one, Swamp Thing number seven, Ooh. Uh, Nice House on the Lake number four, and Infinite Frontier number six. That's the finale yep. issue. Uh, joining me this week are Pete. Yo. And uh, Mr. Miracle himself, Tyler. Uh, Guten Tag. I don't. I don't know why. It's actually nighttime, so I believe you should say uh, "good night." Uh, sure. I sure. took two I, years. I did, I did a home. I'm pretty home confident. In, yeah, I did a home stay in Germany for uh, a weekend, and I stayed with a guy. His name was Simon, but I guess you pronounce it Seaman in uh, Germany. So. High school me thought that was hilarious. Um, you know that's that's uh, not even the first time you've told that story on this show. Really? Yeah. I talk about semen a lot on this show. You sure enough. Do. Yeah. Well, I speaking guess. of semen, Black Manta. Wow, what a segue! Right. Great job. What a on that fucking one. professional. But, uh, un- un- unfortunately, I, I do have to interrupt your amazing segue to plug Damn us. Damn it! That was good. So, nice, that nice good. one though. Nice so one. Like your your chops and instincts are still there. I know. Uh, so before we get into the reviews, do want to let you guys know how you can support the show. Make sure that you guys are following us and leaving us a like wherever it is that you listen. And then, of course, on YouTube, subscribe for free, like the video, share it with your friends. All that stuff is free and it helps us out a lot. Uh, listen to our main show, The Comics Pals, which drops every single Monday. Where we are talking about the characters that you love and all the places you can find them. We're doing conversations about the news and all that good stuff. This week we talked about DC Fandom's big return. So if you want to hear us talk about what that's going to look like, the Batman trailer that's supposedly going to drop, and all that good stuff, go swing on over there and give us a listen. All Excited right. for that Fandom, actually. Me too. D- me too. DC's, DC giving me the dome last year was pretty good. It's good. I'll tell you Quality. what. Uh, it's apparently the only time that they'll ever roll out Gotham Knights. So I'm, I'm super excited about that. I can finally hear about that game for a second time. I want to hear about Suicide Squad for a second time. <laughs> the first fucking time. Let's be real. They showed us a, uh, a logo last yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Give me yeah. a trailer. <laughs> yeah. Well, what we don't have to wait for is Black Manta number one of six. This is another limited series. Notably, not a season one, just a limited series, which DC is, is obsessed with right now. Uh, this is actually my first time seeing most of these creators so we've got chuck brown uh who, who's the writer here uh with valentin delandro uh who did the uh art and then marissa Luis on colors and clayton cows on letters clayton cows i swear this dude is <laughs> chained up in yep. a warehouse all he does he's working is, his ass off yeah like dude do you uh, does he do anything but letter books yeah watch watch out for that carpal tunnel buddy that stuff hurts. Seriously, I, f- I feel like Clayton Cowles is good. like uh, is like trying to like uh, amass a, like a, a nest egg right now and be like, I'm gonna retire like you know, <laughs> two three years. I'm gonna work every single moment until then, and then I'm out. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, so I don't know if this is Black Manta's first 
at bat with a solo series. I gotta assume so. Yeah, that's yeah. my assumption. If Tyler um, doesn't know, then I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, I'll exist. I'll go on Comic Vine later and check to see if there's another volume somewhere. But <laughs> normally, yeah. this is the time in the review where Tyler's like, "Ah, yes, in uh, 1973, he actually had a great, uh, great little miniseries. You know, it's a uh, fantastic." That, I mean, if there was like a miniseries back when like uh, Super Friends was around, like that's 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 peak Black Mana for me right there. <laughs> you could see that. Uh, so this this issue, I got to say up front, it was a weird one. Um, I didn't know what to expect. I love Black Manta. I think Black Manta is super cool and I always have. Um, but I don't know what the point of this really was. Um, I don't know what happened. <laughs> I, yeah, he's a pirate. He's stealing uh from a from some pirates. He's he's uh some literal even... pirates too. So right now, instant instant knock on Sean's end. Oh uh, there's pirates in it. If 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 I didn't have to read this for the review, the moment that I saw <laughs> pirate ships on this page for YouTube, I would have instantly stopped reading. Really though, no he question. choke slams like a bunch of pirates and kills them and stuff. That's got to be good for you. Don't want to see the ship. Damn. So okay. he okay. refers to himself as a pirate at some point. He does. Not cool. He's, not a, cool. he's a new age pirate. Yeah. Uh, no. So like, it doesn't matter if pirates are getting killed in your in your book. It, as, as long as you see a pirate, you're out. Yeah. Damn. I'm wow. a simple man. I see pirate, I leave. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Don't like it. Um, I think um, Captain Demo is he a Morrison creation? I, I that's what I thought too. Yeah, I think it's like his early Batman run, like when he came out with like all those like weird rogues gallery characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was at least very familiar, and I don't yeah. know if it's because of that, but it, it was he was definitely very familiar. I think it's when they did like Flamingo and Pig. I feel like that's when they would have made Captain Demo, which is just Nemo. It is, uh, <laughs> but apparently uh, he originated in adventure comics 441 back in 1975 okay. according to dc yep. fandom or, or the other grant morrison thing that they do where uh they just, just bring back obscure characters absolutely forgotten character yeah oh here's a good one uh the external link from it is actually forgotten aquaman villains at AquamanBiographies.com. <laughs> okay. All right. See, I appreciate I, I appreciate something like that because aquaman like i don't know his villains i know ocean master i know king shark sort of um and then black manta so like yeah all right so knowing that makes me a little more appreciative of this trench come on (laughs) Uh, yeah yeah i guess so yeah this fucking Um, lister (laughs) so uh, this issue confused me because then uh black manta now has some type of uh army that he's amassing He, he references the manta men I've never heard of that. I didn't know he had a squad with them. I love that. Though. I fucking, like the idea of that. I'll tell you what, though. Yeah, I, I love the name. The Manta Men. That is a fantastic name for a goon squad. Whatever he whatever the 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 workshopping was between Black Manta and his his, I guess, marketing crew. Um, that's a good choice. That's a very good choice <laughs> to me. My Manta Men works in every facet. <laughs> But then he's also got magic now that he has the okay. ability to use. I think that was a different character, and that's where I was that, a little confused. That was a different character, I think. Yeah. yeah. It was? I thought so. And I think that's an issue because it took me a while. It took me halfway through the issue to even realize that. 
Um, I don't think it's very clear there that that is a separate story that's going on um, yeah. concurrent to uh, Black Manta's actual story. I definitely think you're right, but I was also confused by that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but I think that's a different dude. Okay. Well, that he that doesn't helps. have the uh, the scar. The yeah. yeah. The the yeah the big big scar on his face and like yeah. he's I think he's got. Like different color hair. I don't know if they, it's sh- just... they should have named him or given him some kind of code name um, or which... a weird mask or something like, yeah, you know, like something, you know, or kept him in shadows completely. Like, I just oh. feel like that it, it showed this dude and I'm like, oh, but then this... they also revealed this lady at the end. And that also really confused me. I was super, super surprised by that. <laughs> I found this issue confusing, to be honest. I yes. found it confusing. Stem yeah. to stern, I, found I found this confusing. very good looking like i liked uh uh the art a lot um especially like that one scene where like he kind of like i don't know why i want to say like wave dashes into the pirate and just stabs him um, i've been watching that nickelodeon uh smash clone uh footage too, too much today um but like there's like this awesome like hero or i guess anti-hero pose where he just stabs a pirate like the art is very good but i was super confused with the story when it which when I really think it boils down to Black Mana wants a rock. Right. <laughs> I think that's the story. Uh, yeah, I guess. But it's also killing him. I don't know. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Like, I, uh, the first thing I said to myself after I finished this was that was really hard to follow. And, like, yeah. it, I, I wasn't bored by it necessarily. I didn't think it was like. No. Yeah. Like, I, I, I was trying to get down with it. But, like, I just. I don't know, like trying to give you the bullet points. I don't know. Well, let's let's get down to the brass tacks. If you've never read, uh, if you've never seen Black Manta before, right? What do you know about him now that you didn't know about him before you picked up this issue? That he's a pirate. Manta Man. He's, he's got, got a crew. Man. He has a crew that we haven't seen. He is a supervillain, a murderer, uh, uh, a rogue of Aquaman. And he does not care about minimalizing casualties or freeing people who are have been like shanghaied by pirates. So what does he care about? Who does he love? What does he, cares he about fear? the rock? You know, it just it doesn't it doesn't answer any of the critical questions that I feel like an issue yeah. like this has to answer. This isn't Aquaman. We know you it's reasonable if you pick up an issue one of Aquaman. That okay, you probably came into this with some type of knowledge, and even then, most of the time they'll re go through some. Yeah, of the Aquaman like, still needs a little bit of that. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, fine. But like, even if it's even if it's Batman, they'll give you something, something to say. Okay, cool. You know, real quick. With this, I feel like I read this whole issue and I don't know him anymore. Everything <laughs> that I know about Black Manta was in the first like two pages, and then that's it. And I'm not like a. I'm a layman fan. Like I, I know him, but I don't know him. You know? There are there are two things about Black Manta that people know and enjoy: his look and the fact that like Aquaman killed his dad and he's out for revenge. And we only right. get one of those in this, right? Um, so I don't think there was really a a, a hook <laughs> fish joke um, that really um, kept me into this book. Besides the art, I thought it look. Here's the thing: Black Manta design it can really. It has a lot of leeway with me. <laughs> like, yeah. I'll, I'll probably read an issue two of this. I don't recommend pulling it. Um, I would maybe recommend pulling it just for the cover. And if you're a weird collector and you like number ones, pull it. 
It was my cover of the week. I'll give it that. It's a dope oh, cover. Fantastic cover. Yeah. <laughs> which cover Real did you cover. get? Or which cover did you get? The, the, main, the main cover yeah, is that great. Main okay. one. Cool. I, yeah. I just yeah. think that shit rocks. Like, that looks so dope. Also, I'm like a big fan of like the, these like weird purples and pinks that are becoming like uh, uh, kind of mainstream in comics lately. Yep. I, I'm um, 500% here for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just my thing. Like, I was a scene kid, in, a scene slash emo kid in high school. Like, these colors are like my bread and butter it's right vaporwave there, so. baby like i'm here exactly for it. <laughs> yeah vaporwave black manta yeah <laughs> yeah i mean i i honestly i feel like you can uh, i could heap tons of praise at the art like i really love mm-hmm. the look yeah. of this book um it was just tough for me to understand what i was supposed to care about and like the fact that they're kind of like i don't know i feel like this book is trying to establish a <clears throat> like some kind of a anti-hero status or or like something because it's like very much about like oh my legacy what's going to be my legacy and then like there's seemingly this other guy who's getting his own squad together and is going to be like the antagonist that he deals with you know it's like ah you compare this number one to like moon knight number one that we read a couple of months ago right Mm mm-hmm completely that got me in i was like i fucking dig this like i want to read this they're not that different in terms of the core like black manta can easily be played as an anti-hero like there are compelling features of him um especially in a story like yeah fuck aquaman for killing his dad like i say fuck aquaman for a lot of things but um it's just like there is a compelling feature there but like i didn't get any introduction to the character in this yeah um, this was frustrating. I wouldn't. I would say, don't pull this. Honestly, yeah. I would. I would say skip it. That's where um, I'm at. I just can't see making the investment into this book over the course of six issues when it just it doesn't even start on the right foot. Yeah, it's unfortunate. But I yeah. would say instead go and either watch the Aquaman movie, which has some really cool Black Manta scenes in yes. it, or watch Super Friends. I would even say great black man. <laughs> I would say that there were some cool um black manta moments even during uh, Jeff Johns's run with with the- Oh, the Forever Evil uh one yeah. shot. Yeah, Dude, that's... remember those remember those uh, lenticular 3D covers? I love that. I was that's... a shill for that, man. That was where I found Black Manta in the comics. I, I like Super Friends and stuff, but I found him in the comics through that and that was great. This doesn't Dude. Yeah. touch that yep i think I, yeah yeah agreed i feel like if you're <clears throat> really hungry for black manta like i i do like we said the art here is really good like but you could easily like wait for a trade and see if it gets any momentum later on and like i just i feel like investing in this month to month when there are a lot of other quality books on the shelf is a tough sell for me yeah fair yep well let's let's get on to something that's not a tough sell for pretty much anyone uh, let's talk about Swamp Thing. Hell yeah. You don't think Swamp Thing's a tough sell? Not this, uh, sorry, this book. I don't so, think no, fair. This, yeah, no, I think this, yeah. this, yeah, this book is really good, but I think it's hard to sell someone like, hey, you should really check out this, uh, Moss Man comic. Oh, you know? well, yeah, in theory, sure, but I, yeah. I think the point is that this series has had the hot hand. It's, it's yeah. tasty. It's tasty. Yeah. It's good yeah. shit. It, it, it is, it is the good shit, and, you know, we've heaped tons <laughs> okay, and Vince. tons of uh so this is uh, of course rom v writing it with mike perkins on art mike spicer doing the colors aditya bidikar on letters um i i up front enjoyed this issue way more 
than I did the last one. Yep. Uh, this whole Suicide Squad thing, I was like, eh, I don't know if I care. And I didn't last time. This one brought me back. Hell yeah, cool. All right. I mean, Same. I love the last issue, but I thought this one was better. So, yeah. Fucking oh, man, I was, I was, I think I'm on with Sean on this one. Um, I was kind of checking out last issue. I was like, all right, uh, I appreciate the corporate synergy to put Suicide Squad and Peacemaker in this. Um, but why? I think we were telling a pretty decent enough story before. Um, yeah. But this, this, this uh, femme fatale character whose name I don't remember ever, um, her having a power to like tap into memories is a great plot point to bring up just um, uh, uh, is it Levi. Levi is yeah. Yeah. his his whole backstory and his really compelling um, history with his, his brother and father, which uh, I think like that was my favorite part of this whole book. Just that story, like it wasn't even the the Swamp Thing stuff. Yes, the giant kaiju Swamp Thing at the end, great, but like the the familial uh, you know trauma and um, backstory, and this is what really kind of you know got my roots into it. Damn it, sorry, I can't help myself. <laughs> Well, I felt like, and, and her name is Asa, by the way. Um, sure. Yep. Uh, I felt like this issue was a microcosm of what this story overall has been about. You yeah. Know? Um, I love the fact that they were able to take the suicide, and by they, I mean Ron V and, and Mike Perkins, they were able to take the Suicide Squad and their introduction and actually make them a part of the story in a meaningful way. So, you know, Levi feels that disconnect from the green right now. Um, I'm sure part of that is due to what's the what's the chemo? His name is chemo. chemo right? Yeah, I think it's yeah. chemo. Yeah. yeah. Uh, part of that is him due to him just walking around the swamp and killing the swamp, the forest and killing all the trees. Chemo is an underrated DC villain. Dude, yeah. He's so good wow. in whatever I've, he's in. And all he does is walk. I've never Love seen it. him before, and I'm loving this. Like, he's <laughs> yeah. a perfect Swamp Thing antagonist. Like, oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. But but that, that like, the idea that, that the government has sent the Suicide Squad to this forest, and they're destroying it just by being there. Like, Kimo's not intentionally destroying the forest. That's just what happens because he's there juxtaposing that idea with the idea that at some point in his life, Levi was this, he was that person. He brought the government intervention into the forest, into something sacred and, you know, small and earthly and destroyed it. That's a perfect story. Like Ron V nailed this. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just like, it's an exceptional script. Yeah. And and, yeah. and I think this speaks to um, when we had uh, Ram on the show a few months ago. Um, you know, one of the things that is so unique about about this new run is that, like, you know, Levy is still a, a person, right? And like that's always kind of been, you know, the opposite with Swamp Thing, right? Like it's so like the the echo of a person that like it's a monster yeah. that wants to be right. a man, right? Rather than having Swamp Thing almost be like this kind of metaphor for the, the demons he has within that he's working through, you know, and that like he's kind of trying to repent for like these these things that he is ashamed of and carrying with him through his actions as Swamp Thing and like 
the 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 familial roots and everything of it like it it adds this depth and layer to the story that makes it unique from like every other swamp thing story but it still feels decidedly like a swamp thing story yeah and that's so fucking impressive that like rom is able to like add to the legacy of swamp thing in a meaningful way but in a way that's like so very different and and new and fresh and refreshing you know it's awesome and like the more i read this the more i realize how good of an idea it was to not do alec holland Mm. like as much as i like alec holland and as much as you know it's like og swamp thing like i don't think i would have thought of replacing him i think of swamp thing i think of alec holland you know, right. to do that and like he's like writing this kind of experience he understands and, and can relate to um, makes the book super compelling. Yeah, um, I, I'm i so impressed with this. And I think I think that giving Levi the, the whole so the whole issue really centers around uh, Asa being able to penetrate Levi's mind. And see all his pain and all his doubts and everything that, that that hurts him and say, hey, look, I can take this away from you. I can make it so that you won't feel these things anymore. But yep. if I do that, you will not be connected to the green. You will you will be divorced from Swamp Thing because Swamp Thing is feeding not in a net, not in the negative, but it, it, it's able to thrive through you by connecting to these memories that you have. And him choosing not to do that is essentially a, a rejection of the man that he was. And it, it validates the entire book because it says this is a man who's grown. This is a man who has evolved past, sorry, past who he was. And so he's not saying I need this. I need this because I need to be swamp thing because I need to be powerful. Right. He's saying I need this because I want to be the better man that I am. And that's a rare choice in superhero comics, I feel. And it's uniquely Swamp Thing. And that's so important that Ram is identifying what challenges can you put Swamp Thing in? What situations can you put him in that aren't the same as what you can put Superman in or Batman or whoever? And also be, being able to navigate, like, I think it's fair to say that having the Suicide Squad in this is a corporate move. Yeah. Um, but like the characters he chooses, like this Asa person, power set that perfectly matches what needs the, the story needs. Um, Heat wave, perfect. You know, fire is the the antithesis to Swamp Thing, and right. so is chemo. Like this whole um, poison. Uh, like yeah, peacemakers in there. He he doesn't really do much. He's got like fucking fair. three lines. Yeah, like who yeah. Cares? I don't feel like he's in the way of the story, right? Like oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think that's what the issue could have been. Yep, exactly. Yeah, absolutely, it doesn't. Yeah, it's, feel... it's, it... Go ahead, I go almost ahead. enjoy. I almost enjoy it because it's like, oh, you really, you really worked around that uh, corporate mandate there. I appreciate that. That's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, like I feel like he he found a way to to you know, tether it in and make it enhance the book, yep. right? And, like, let it be a framing device for what he was going to do no matter what. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Brilliant. And um, I think it, it'd be a disservice not to mention Mike Perkins on art. Um, oh, yeah. Super moody. Um, there's this, like, kind of gross ambiance. Um, ambiance gives this whole whole story. Um, the, the facial work and the way, like, Asa is, like, probing you know, 
uh, Swamp Thing. It's 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 real good. It's real fun stuff. Like I used to think of Mike Perkins as like the guy in Marvel who would draw Carnage all the time. <laughs> he was like the Carnage guy in my head. Um, but he's like really taking it to a new level here, and I really enjoy it. Traded uh, tendrils for for vines. Hey, fair trade. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest. I always thought of Mike Perkins as like a like a fill in guy, kind of, because I remember he came in. I on, mean, yeah, he was like a Diodato fill in. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. He came in. Uh, I believe he came in on a few issues of Captain America during Boo Baker's run. Um, uh, yep. Yeah. yeah, I can see that. Yep. Yeah. So I always had that impression of him, but this is the this is the work of his career as far it's as good I'm stuff. concerned. Yep, um, real good stuff. It really is beautiful, and I don't think it would. It's great. It's obviously tremendous. But when you think about these pages without Mike Spicer's colors, like I feel like the colors just add so much yeah. to the story. Absolutely. Dude, I, I was about to say, yeah, I think we would be, speaking of being remiss, we would be remiss not to call out how excellent the work is here yeah. on the colors. Like we were talking about the use of like the pinks and stuff earlier. I feel like this issue is so defined by the purple contrast. Like there's mm-hmm. so much uh Green in the foreground, purple in the background, and it it just make th- makes things pop uh, in an and insane like, way. That's the thing Spicer's been doing. He was the guy who was uh, coloring Beta Ray Bill, you know, Daniel Warren Johnson's, yeah. and yeah. we we even talked about it then, like how some of like the pop out panels would use like these weird colors, you know. Mm-hmm. But it really made you like focus in on certain things, and I think it's uh, the the it's almost like working against traditional color theory. You know, mm-hmm. um, which I really enjoy. It's like it's not primary colors at all. Well, and I love the use of like how uh, like there's the few pages that are the flashbacks or like or, you know, the the kind of memory sequences. And there's this like watercolor, like brush texture to the, some of the backgrounds. And it, it gives it like it really helps those memories have like a dreamlike quality. Yep. And then like the cut ins of like what's actually happening to him in the moment like have such a contrast because they have the in the now like colors to them you know um yeah there's there's a lot of work i think being done um on spicer's part to make this like feel right to have the right the right aesthetic you know so first of all this is my book of the week i thought this was tremendous yeah just just awesome agreed and I, I would I would I would run out and get this if you're if you've read the rest of the series so far definitely get it if you haven't I mean it's really only seven issues obviously that's that's not a, a small amount of issues but um, considering how good this is I'd run out and get it gotcha. I'd run out had, and get caught up I just had a thought like this is gonna be a great hardcover when it's out yeah. like I want to put this on my shelf and then also I'm like is it kind of fucked up that I'm using a paper to read something. <laughs> I feel like we should be reading this digitally, guys. That's the circle, Just... of, that's the circle of life. <laughs> but that that brings me to a question uh, that I have, which is that this issue, this series is ending with ten, and three of the issues will have been spent with the Suicide Squad in some capacity. More than that, if you consider the the issue before where they were teased or whatever, mm-hmm. yeah. Does it bother you that Rom V's run? We don't know that there's gonna get a, that there's gonna be a season two. That's not guaranteed, at least for our purposes. I mean, comics pals bump might help, but you know, hey, you never yeah. know. It's worked before. Does it does it bother you that so much of this run has featured the Suicide Squad? Does it derail it? No, I don't think so. Yeah, 
I, I, I feel like I shared this opinion about the last issue, um, so I don't want to retread too much ground, but I feel like the way that Rom wrote them in, they feel more like a monster of the week type obstacle that are being used as a framing mm-hmm. device to do the things that the story needs to do. Um, I think like Tyler made the point about how all of the characters, except for Peacemaker, right, who is obviously a marquee character they want to get over or whatever, um, the rest of them are not characters from the film and have seemingly been chosen because of the way that they actually enhance the story in the same way that uh, the initial villain, the the sand guy, I can't remember his name, um, but the how that guy was like a very much a counterpoint to Swamp Thing, these villains are too. Um, yeah. So I feel like if you pick this book up collected five, ten years from now without like thinking about it you wouldn't even like know that this was a tie-in yeah yeah okay although although my comic reading it's like i have what three suicide squad issues this week so like i'm i'm, I'm feeling it but, but only in the moment so uh, yeah. dude i i dropped get joker i dropped it i can't drop an azarello book it's just <laughs> legally one, i can't <laughs> one, yeah I, I talked to him once he's a really intimidating dude he told me i can't not pick up any of his books um, his beard kind of like winked at me. It was a oh, weird thing. It was a tough. weird thing. Well, uh, let's talk about a book that I can't drop, and that's The Nice House on the Lake. Uh, this is issue four. Um, I think. And you can't drop it until uh, it, it goes on hiatus because <laughs> of Substack. But. Word. Yeah. yeah. That's, I'm just that's, waiting for that, which sucks. It really um, does. Yeah. <laughs> that's imminent. Uh, that's yeah. issue six, right? That we're, we're going to. Yeah. Play. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So it's uh, James Tinian, of course, the fourth uh, who wrote it. Uh, Alvaro Martinez Bueno did the art in this one. Jordi Belair on colors and and world design did the letters. Man, this is another book. I was kind of I was kind of like with with, I think issue two, three was eh, two. But I felt like this one was awesome. Yeah, this issue brought me all the way back in. and it's, it's not that a ton happens necessarily. We do get a little bit more detail about what is going on. Um, but it's really the character work that yeah. did it for me with this one. Yeah. I still can't remember names, but I'm at least understanding who people are, you know, know as, as people. It's, I'm getting better at it now. Yeah. The names are yeah. still eluding me a little bit, but like in their interactions, I'm remembering. Yeah, exactly. Who's who more and more. I'm remembering faces now. Like I think before I might have complained about how everyone kind of looks at least somewhat similar or um, it's a little uh, one note on the, <laughs> the race scale. But um, it, having, you know, been with it was this is the fourth issue, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think there are certain standout characters that I'm kind of latching onto, which which I enjoy. Could I name them? Eh, probably not. Could I tell you what their lo- their little icon is? Probably not either. But I'm at least understanding the interactions between different characters, and and, and like that's where I'm where I'm enjoying it. Well, there was a lot to like. I think in this issue, uh, character wise, we really get focused on David, who I couldn't have picked out of a lineup uh, prior to this issue, but he's the focal point here. He's our, our, our POV character as the tenants of the uh, of the home have discovered that if they put out a list of things that they need, it will appear on their front door the next day, which is really crazy, a crazy concept. And Tinian uses it to have fun with uh, in certain ways. Obviously, he can't go too crazy, but weed gummies is one of the things that is. <laughs> Flashlight was on there. <laughs> 
Flashlight. I like how in parentheses, like, don't judge me, bro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I like how he some, some, at some point ordered the exact outfit that Ferris Bueller wore. And he's wearing it throughout a couple of pages the, of this issue. <laughs> one of my favorite ones was it's every single item of clothing that Leonardo DiCaprio took on his last vacation. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, like, though, like this guy's dipshittiness, like, uh, made me enjoy him as a character because, like, it's a heavy book. Yeah. Like, this series is heavy. So, like, having this lighthearted character who winds up being very heavy <laughs> towards the end there. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good kind of foil to how the, the story has been going lately. Yeah, absolutely. And getting to see the rest of the characters sort of through his eyes mm-hmm. also helped because he's like happy coming every scene. He's got a different funny outfit on and, you know, everyone has varying degrees of tolerance for what he's doing and they're also in their own space as far as how they feel and that comes to a head a little later on i cannot remember this girl's name the, the redhead who's molly sad. i think it was um, i think you're right yeah i think it might have been molly yeah. um well let's go with that for now uh sure. i'm trying to find it <laughs> it so, is molly okay yeah um she's she's depressed because she lost people in this and she wants them back you know she wants her husband Uh, She wants her mom. She wants her dad. And when she realizes after several days that she ain't getting those things, now she wants a way to die. Um, But they're not materializing for her for whatever reason. Um, And the implication, or it might have even been explicitly said, is that she can't get those things because of what she intends to do with them. Right. Um, But I don't really know why that mattered because of the the end reveal which is david puts it on himself like hey i know what you want with this stuff i'm gonna show you that it won't work anyway because they can't kill themselves i think it mattered because they that wasn't something they were supposed to know right okay that's what i got out of it like like of course Dave. of course i can give david a straight answer that guy is an asshole and he loves himself (laughs) he's not gonna try and kill himself obviously yeah yeah, I, and maybe it's a way of like showing that Walter doesn't truly know all of them that well as, as well as they think they do, as he thinks they do. So. I, I also felt like it was to show us about him as a character because, you know, Sean, you made the point about how all the characters react to him and everything. I felt like this character was used as a conduit to learn a lot or a little about the other characters, but we learned a lot about himself through yeah. how his actions are echoed from that uh, one conversation between him and Walter at the bar, right? And then, like, he makes the comment about how this is, like, him in the future um, narrating, and he says, I like that he saw that I saw more than I let on. Like, he knew I was smarter than I acted, that I picked up on stuff. Anyways, that's why I knew he wasn't going to let us die. Um, and I, I took it to be that he kind of plays character a character a little bit with people because like the all the different outfits and everything right like i think obviously a lot of this stuff is to entertain himself but i also feel like he's trying to keep the other people engaged on some level and is trying to like check in on people while he's doing these things because he's the type of person who observes people and tries to read a room and you know that was established between him and walter early on right um and I, I dug how uh, 
that that was then used, you know, later on with that moment, I think, because he is a character who everyone's underestimating up until the moment that he does what he does. Yeah. And I, I love that we got to know him in that way. He loves people. You know, he even says, like, we are all we have. We won't survive this if we don't, you know, start being honest with each other. What's the what's the real world tagline? Um, then we start getting real, basically. Stop being nice and start getting real. Yeah, they have, they have to start getting real. Um, and Guys, uh, for you young people, the real world was a uh, reality <laughs> show. Is, is. Is it still going on? Well, I don't know what it is. Mostly like the challenge now, you know, it's like these guys still want an MTV paycheck. So the last real world I saw was, well, it was a few years ago. So maybe it's, well, I feel like we're, 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 we're dating ourselves a bit. <laughs> Bunch of geriatric fucks over here. <laughs> and road rules was a thing as well. <laughs> okay, grandpa. <laughs> Back in my day, MTV did music, you know? Yeah. Back um, in my day, we used to complain about how they used to play music. And now they don't. Uh, yeah, I, I I really enjoyed this issue. We, we've talked before. I've mentioned it, how this is the way to get us to find our connection with these characters is to do these stories that are more focused on one individual. It's like the lost strategy. Um, it definitely yeah, works. There's a lot of lost, lost feeling in this. I yeah. think like also like showing the, the, the characters in the first like page or two, mm-hmm. like way in the future. And like, what the fuck happened? Like right. there's this mystery going on in the background yeah. that I'm like, okay, yeah. I want to see how we got there. Um, yeah. Find out in five years, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Frankly, uh, if this book weren't so good, I would be saying, well, let's get to something already. Um, it's a testament to the script yeah. that I'm cool with all the waiting. Not, literally yeah. nothing has happened right. of, of, of real merit to put to drive the story forward in any of these issues, but the first one that established what this is. I gotta say, I'm kind of jealous of these guys because notice how like he just asked for action comics number one like any any god i would I li- like that i like that he writes in in parentheses he's like uh like authentic or something like that i forget what it is <laughs> but he's like i want like a real one like <laughs> well there's no one to sell it to so i mean but if, it's if just it matters- knowing sean it's just knowing yeah you have it. i want to know that i have an original yeah. i also like I, got, I got i got first issue of young avengers around in my box somewhere like i just know i have that <laughs> uh Tyler, I think historically you've liked the art a lot. You want to speak to that? Uh, it's good. <laughs> no, yep. like it, it's uh, it's I, I, I think I might have complained how everyone kind of looks the same. I think as these people are kind of living throughout this shitty experience, they're kind of gaining more defining characteristics, either in how they dress. I mean, it is realistic, so they don't it's not like Scooby Doo where they wear the same thing every time. So they are changing constantly. Um, so I think before I was having trouble keeping up with that, but I think I'm starting to kind of learn. I feel like both the art and the script is really drip feeding me information, either visual or in the plot that I'm maybe was frustrated with maybe an issue two or three, but I'm slowly realizing like, oh, okay, this is actually working. Um, and I am understanding it. Um, and I think that's a testament to the art really. So yeah, I feel like like I'm being rewarded for digging in on it, you know? Yeah. Yep. I was just going to say, I wonder how many things I've missed by not like thoroughly examining every single panel. Yeah. 
it makes me want to reread it for sure. Like the further we get, the more I'm like, I feel like I will get more out of issue one now than I did back then, even though I really liked it. Mm, true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're going to have a lot of time to do that if you want to. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> But we come to the finale of Infinite Frontier. This is issue six of six. Uh, and uh, half-naked dark side on that Mitch Jarrett's cover there. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. He is almost dude is just in a speedo, speedo dark side. <laughs> that's what I'm about. <laughs> that's what you're about. Yeah, that's speedo force is what he's got going on there. <laughs> the anti-speedo equation. <laughs> So uh, we've got Joshua Williamson, of course, uh, who wrote it with Zermanico on art uh, and Romulo Fajardo Jr. on colors. Tom Napolitano did the letters. Uh, so first of all, from a from an art standpoint, that's where I want to start. Finally. I, yes. <laughs> this issue brought it because we came here for Zermanico art wise. And so hey, great name. Like, I know. <laughs> like it's like a good like comic book artist name. I feel like he should draw every single issue of Justice League Dark. He's like the share of, of comic books. <laughs> I'm into it. I'm One into it. One name is Germanico. So yeah, it looked really great. That's been a complaint that I've had for many issues at this point, and it was not a problem here. The art's awesome. Uh the story is also, I thought, really good. Um I was I was in, into this. Uh we get a big fight for the whole thing, pretty much. Um, Dark side comes; he has arrived, and he means business. But so does President Superman. I love <laughs> President Superman, man. I'm like, I want more of this guy, which which we're getting. So, yeah, all for it. But like, I think he's like a really compelling character. He's cool. Yeah, he's cool as shit. I, I got Barack it. Obama in Superman costume. Yeah, like. I, I, it's so funny. Like this, the entire time this was happening, I'm just like imagining. I'm like, God, his poor assistant is still having a cover for him. He's been gone for like. <laughs> can you imagine if just like they're like for like a week, we're like, we don't know where Joe Biden is. He's lost. Well, I mean, if, if this is guy, if this guy's based off Barack Obama, there's there's like Earth three Joe Biden just trying to like <laughs> handle this. <laughs> yeah, he is a rough president. That's it? rough. Yeah. Um. <laughs> He just he just destroys this whole like cage that they built around the universe or whatever uh, very easily. Or I'm this, sorry, this, Flash does that. Yeah, yeah. This felt like like the chips and soda of comic books. Like <laughs> it's unhealthy, dumb, stupid fun. Like. Like, if this is on a table, of course I'm picking this up and reading it until, you know, like, I, I, I can't read it anymore. Like, this is great. I love it. Um, there There is specifically, like, the fact that, you know, I did enjoy the redemption of Thomas Wayne, or at least the beginnings of a redemption, especially after Tom King's run. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I have been on record saying that I, I, on the whole, enjoyed Tom King's Batman run, but um, I did not care much for the Thomas Wayne stuff. Um, so kind of like seeing him be redeemed as somewhat of a hero and mentioning, you know, like Bruce's family, his kids, and like actually naming like Cassie and Barbara and Damien is, is great. Um, and I like how there's now a brewery out there that's brewing with um, uh, hops from multiple universes. I want so that, funny. man. I mean, yeah, this 
drowned lands, you know, Pilsner is great, but I want multiverse beer. That sounds even more fantastic. Uh, so the panel that I really liked was when Darkseid just Omega beamed Dude. Machine Man to death or whatever, he, you know, wherever he's destined for. That was awesome. I love a good Omega, Omega beam, Omega sanction. So good. Yeah. 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 Although we really didn't like, I still feel like we were supposed to know who Machine Head was. And like, we don't really, I guess I feel like there was like, they were building to a reveal. Maybe I just misread it, but I felt like they were building to something that never happened in that, in that sense. Yeah. He's just no one. He's just a guy. He's just definitely no one now. Yeah. (laughs) And then come on, we can't even, we can't even talk about this without talking about what happens to, uh, to uh, God. Why am I blanking on his name right now? Barry? No. uh, Or, uh, Oh, oh director bones no fuck <sighs> yo i what? love how director bones just got fucking clowned out though he i did get clowned out i was yeah. gonna like go find a screenshot of that i was kind of bummed about that uh, they <laughs> he did he did they did bones dirty here that's why I'm, that's why i recommend everyone to read checkmate by brian michael bendis and alex Maleev, where director bones doesn't get clowned out like some bony motherfucker in oh, this fuck book but. fuck director bones oh dude that panel was the funniest panel of the week for me i'm needed in another event <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. i thought that was i thought you were gonna be mad because he did nothing this entire series but i did think that was funny if his if his internet like his his usage in this book was only leading up to that one line in that one panel worth it worth it fantastic <laughs> great I- I don't even really need Psycho Pirate to do anything. I just he need just him to, needs be to be there. Exactly. Yeah. He has this okay. this aura about him that, like, you see him, something's important going on. Yeah. Like, all right. Cool. Can I tell cool. you really what his power set is, or who his name is, or like what the importance of? No, but um, <laughs> but I did like the tease that you know, like Dark Side's trying to get this power that all these other big DC villains like mm-hmm. it's uh, they have Eclipso I think that's the Batman who laughs in the the top panel um and is like death metal form if I remember correctly I don't know it looks um, like yeah could be uh upside down man from just dark is in this and then Necron who we haven't seen since what blackest night like yeah. oh I, I did I, I popped for that I'm like oh yeah I want to know what this is this seems really important give me more of this yeah. Uh, yeah, I was pretty excited for it. I love scenes like that. Yep. It's it feels like the formation of something dark and terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, especially seeing Darkseid's family together. That's a big deal. Um, I don't know what the great darkness is, but I'm here for it. Can you guys tell me who's this fucking green goblin looking motherfucker? A, is that a cl- eclipso? Am I right about that? I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I thought you were gonna ask who the guy at the uh, the end was Pariah. Like that's that's big too. He hasn't been around since what Crisis on Infinite Earths, the original Crisis. Yeah, I haven't seen Pariah. Yeah. Like I had no idea who he was, but I figured he was related to the original Crisis because they were like all yeah. the way back to the original Crisis, and I was like, and okay. this is kind of like a weird heel turn for him. You know, he's like, hey, you done fucked up my whole multiverse at this point. Um, now you're stuck here, and let's bring you back to uh, I don't know. Um, old timey comic books with this whole family there. <laughs> I, I popped so hard for that because the, the I mean look if you read DC comics and you're into like you know the main not the mainstream but like DC DC 
then you love the crises, right? You love the crises. You love a good crisis. Yeah. And this tethers back to the original crisis. And it's like, this is madness. They just took the Flash and put him in, like, original DC. Even though, is that is that new 52 Wally West there? Is it? I think so. Which I'm fine with, but, you know, like, it's literally every Flash family member is there, including his mom. So he'll be happy. Yeah. <laughs> so the Flash is just gone. He's just off the board. Like, that's it. You know, that means Wally gets to be our Flash. <laughs> no, he's here. Oh, wait, th- this is. Is this Wally? This is Barry. This is Barry. It's Barry. Yeah. Yeah. This is Barry. But Wally is. Here. Oh, you mean like in that. In that. In, okay. Yeah. yeah. Just but this is to double Wally. But yeah, this is not. This is Earth. This is like <laughs> in the second multiverse. So right. this Wally being there is not. No, no, I, no, I know. I was board. just trolling. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I need I need a Pepe Sylvia board behind me to kind of like <laughs> match everything. They here. need to get Tom Muller to do the design work <laughs> so we can understand all the different uh, where stuff in the multi multiverse. Like the multiverse is like one of those things where I can just shut my brain off and be like, yeah, this sure. When they when they got to the <laughs> when they got to the fucking page where he's like, this is multiverse two, and I was just like, <laughs> oh fucking k, all right, <laughs> this is some real comic book hours. We're going crazy out here. Yeah, it's pretty good. Why Let's the fuck not? It. I'm. It's not a critique. It's just hilarious. Like, so we got multiverse. We got multiverse two. We got the dark multiverse, and I assume the inverse would be dark multiverse two. Like finally then, gonna put that put out that Warren Ellis uh, Batman. Book. And then what is this? The <laughs> Omniverse, right? Is the thing sure, that Dark, dark yeah. Side's trying to take over now? Yeah, yeah I guess so. Fucking a. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, let's <laughs> <do> Whatever. <laughs> so, in terms of judging this book wholly, because we know that there's gonna be an event that's coming in 2022, and as we said week on week, this is leading up to that. This is a precursor to that. Yeah. Would you recommend? that someone who's listening to this right now but hasn't read a single issue pick up the trade for this yeah releases. Uh, put an asterisk on my yeah I would say if you like crises 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 if you like the, the crises um, pick this up it, it'll it'll scratch that itch I think, I think it'd be a fun little trade yeah, I think I generally agree with that. I think if you're really into crisis events or if you're like very interested in what is coming next, then yeah, go for it. But if you're kind of looking at this um, as for what I kind of hoped it would be, which would feel like more of a of a proper um, sequel or, or, you know, con- uh, continuing of what happened in Multiversity, um, I don't think it's quite that. Like, it has moments that will give you satisfaction, but I think the way that the story was broken up and the fact that it was more of an anthology series, it made the entire thing feel, for me, kind of like just a bunch of issue zeros (laughs) that happened to actually have a story. Um, And that's fine. Like, if you're in on what's coming next and you want to be up on it, I think you'll have fun, like, with the asterisks that Tyler applied, but... I think if you go into this thinking it's like, oh, it's an event book. I can just check it out. Uh, the casual reader might not really enjoy this. I don't think the casual no. reader really cares for Jade and Obsidian. Um, 
but I think if you're like kind of like a big DC fan, this would be this would be fun. Yeah. I don't think this is penetrable in any way for <laughs> someone who is like a lay person to DC. Yeah. No, fair. Um and also I think that if you're not connected to what's happened in the last few years of DC, there's going to be a lot of things that strike you strange. Um, I don't think this is essential reading, despite how much fun I had with this last issue, uh, especially because of the inconsistent art. I would have excused a lot of things if Sir Manigal drew every single page of this story. Even um, Director Bones? Even Dr. Bones, yeah. It's director, get his his. his Sean doesn't correct. respect him enough to say his name right Gosh. <laughs> So I would say skip it unless you're that real hardcore DC fan who needs a crisis-ish book to tide you over until the next major event. That's the only reason to read this. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, you, you can follow uh, Psycho Pirate to the next event where he's needed. I love that so yeah. much. That's such so a good, <laughs> I swear to a good God, battle. I really hope that in whatever that next event is, he like pops out. And he's like, yeah, oh, he's yeah, like, oh, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, he probably will. That'll make the whole series worth it. <laughs> and let me tell you what the best thing is about this whole deal being over. It's that I will not ever again have to see those awful, terrible pages of Dr. Bones questioning the DC universe. Never again. And if you buy the trade, you'll be spared from that. So maybe that's a good reason to buy the trade and not the singles. Or if you join the Comics Pals Discord, you can keep seeing it with the Director Bones emojis we have. If you have a question, <laughs> you gotta you gotta add the Director Bones emoji if you have any kind of question. I feel like what I want to do is uh, create a meme format that's just Sean's head on <laughs> Director Bones, and it's like Sean's questions of the week. <laughs> or like if you guys ever you're like a random question and you want to like put that 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 <laughs> out question out for the crowd, you just post it. Director Bones asking oh, it on fuck. the Instagram. I guys. have to do that now. <laughs> I'll, I'll shop you. I'll shop you a template. I'll give you a Photoshop. Template Please do it, Tyler. I got you. You're better than you. me at graphic design. <laughs> I don't like a single part of that. But uh, <laughs> somebody's on a real bonehead like us. Number one I almost, question. I almost, I almost said boner. <laughs> <laughs> All us director bones fans are true boners, but Sean's not. <laughs> bunch, bunch of boneheads. Uh. <laughs> We, I, I got to get out of this somehow. <laughs> but before before we close, we do want to give you guys a little bit of a, an idea of what we think you should be picking up next week, the books that we're looking forward to, uh, and, a, and a little bit of a tease as far as what we'll likely be reviewing uh, uh, next week here on the show. So I want to start, um, and I'm going to say Batman 89, number two. Oh, cool. Uh, I'm really Batman. hyped for that. Are you are you liking the Tinian uh, Batman run? Oh, ba- Batman eighty nine. Like oh, not 89. it's not the number eighty nine. Okay, no. all right, never mind. <laughs> all right, it's cool. Uh, I'm I I really really love the first one. I think I was alone in that. Um, I liked it. Yeah, yeah. It, it was. I thought it was really cool. I'm excited for uh, where it's gonna go. So that would be the book that uh, that I would really um, that I would really say like. You should go out and pick that up. Um, and if I can just sneak another one in because I just want to, uh, Batman the World is coming out next week. Uh, Batman week for, for Sean there. Yeah. This is the graphic novel that features a Batman story from 
all different kinds of creators all across the entire world. We're doing that um, next week. Yeah. Well, oh, hell yeah. well, we 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 probably aren't, but Wait, I, why? Let's do it. Yeah. As 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 somebody who did uh, uh, on the long box, my old podcast, where I did every a review of every story in Marvel Comics one thousand. Don't do that. Oh, okay, maybe not. We we did that, didn't we? Every story, we we did. did. I think actually, yeah, yeah. We're crazy. Then then you guys know. (laughs) Yeah, it's. not it's, the best a, time. it's it's a marathon yeah, yeah. Uh, so for me i would say um i'm interested in rorschach number 12 it's the final yes. issue of uh tom king's rorschach uh book um this book is has not been anything that i expected it to be um it's it, it if you think it's a continuation of watchmen uh you'd be 98 wrong um it's kind of this own standalone thing with using rorschach as like an idea and it's just really good. Um, it's um, on art. Uh, why? Why am I? It's uh, Jorge Fornia's. Yes. Uh, which career work, real good stuff. And in like in the past, like three issues, the story is really kind of taking some weird twists and stuff. And I'm really excited for it. Um, and then I would also add Kang the Conqueror number two. I really enjoyed that first issue. So awesome. For me, <clears throat> I'm gonna go with uh, X Men Trial of Magneto number yes. two. Uh, with uh, that's of course Leia Williams uh, on the scripts and Lucas Wernick on art. Um, I I was not super jazzed on the first issue, um, but I I really am excited by the premise of it, and I feel like we got a lot of the you know the kind of groundwork done. So I'm 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 hopeful for issue number two that this is going to be the one that really starts to grab me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you guys picked all the other books that I would have picked. So in a weird way, I got like five picks. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, thank you guys for listening so much. If there are books that we didn't speak on that you want us to be reading, if there's something you think we should be reading that we're not, write in and let us know. Drop a line in the YouTube comments. Leave us a comment on social, at the Comics Pals. Yeah. Uh, anywhere you can get us, just... When I when I wasn't on like two weeks ago, you missed out on Darkhawk number one. Come on, guys! Jeez, Darkhawk, uh, uh, who is a teenager from Woodlawn now, which is great. Oh wow! Yeah, that's they why were... you can't miss the show. You, gotta I know, keep I us, gotta, yeah, gotta keep us. On. Oh guys, keep guys, I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting married in a couple weeks, so I might not be here for like an episode. So you know, <laughs> just one. If it wasn't for Tyler. We wouldn't have read Black Manta number one. You're welcome. So you know what, Tyler? <laughs> or Moon Knight, probably. You. Oh, yeah, wait. you know, oh, I'm 50 50. Right that was a I'm 50 50. I got I'm 50, it. 50 okay. 50, you know. All right, fair. It's enough. not like I'm going to make you guys read Sonic number 44 next week. Although Sonic comics, underrated. Underrated. I would yes, the hedgehog around at the speed of sound. <laughs> Listen to our main show, The Comics Pals. It drops every single Monday. If you like this, uh, Tyler's not there, unfortunately, but. Pete and I are, and we're fun. Uh, and there are a whole other host of comics pals that aren't here today and are never here because they don't <laughs> like to work. Um, but you should listen. It's a great time. Thank you so much for listening to this show. We're the Comics Pals signing off. Take care, guys. See you next Au revoir. Why did I say French to my outro when I said German? <laughs> What's going on with me?